You're listening to Influential Barbecue, the podcast where we talk to influencers in the barbecue industry to uncover how they've cultivated huge followings, unique income sources, and sponsorship possibilities from a love of cooking outdoors. If you want to turn your passion for food and fire into a world of opportunities, you're in the right place. And now your host, Jordan Moore. Hello, and welcome back to Influential Barbecue. This week, I was honored to talk with Brad Prose of Chilies and Smoke. Brad has grown his following to over 30,000 on Instagram in a little over two years by developing his own flavor palettes, unique outside-the-box recipes, and stunning food photography. We chat about building thick skin through being confident, having clear goals for where you want to go, and really choosing a focus for you and your content. Be sure to check out Brad on Instagram at Chilies and Smoke. That's Chilies, C-H-I-L-E-S, and Smoke. And visit his website for some killer recipes, chiliesandsmoke.com. And now, on to my conversation with Brad. I'm here with Brad Pros of Chilies and Smoke. Brad, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, Jordan. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So just kind of get things rolling right out of the gate. If you just want to let our listeners know, if they don't know already, a little bit about you and who you are and what you do. Well, I am a Phoenix native, born and raised here, love it here, um, been married, two little boys. Um, they're both in elementary school. We uh, just moved into a brand new house, so we're kind of getting everything set up with the brand new grilling backyard and whatnot, and I run Chilies and Smoke. I've got a food blog. I do the social media thing, (laughs) and um, I'm having a lot of fun, (laughs) and uh, my family has been wildly supportive and excited about the process, so it's been great for us. That's awesome. Can you take me kind of through how you got to where you are now? I I know if you listen to the Cheeky Barbecue podcast or the Reload podcast, you very big Iron Chef inspiration in you, but uh, take me through kind of how you got into cooking and how it led you to running a full brand and a full food blog on Instagram with barbecue. Yeah. Well, the, the shorter version of my story is I got married to a vegetarian and didn't really know how to cook for her. (laughs) I knew how to do barbecue. I was just kind of self-taught. I grew up doing, you know, backyard grilling and and light smoking in my propane smoker. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I just needed to figure out how to make make it work. So I learned how to cook vegetarian food from different cultures. My wife's Mexican, so we did a lot of Mexican food. I learned how to make Indian food, Eastern Asian food. And then I got really sick of making barbecue for me and global food for her. So it was just a lot of mismatching. And and my wife started to eat barbecue. So I ended up taking the flavors from the food I was cooking her and applying it to the barbecue and really seeing a lot of crossover. And by that time, I had ate and cooked Texas-style and Kansas City-style barbecue for years I was a little bored and just looking for something next step and, and, and taking that really pushed me forward. My wife's the one who told me about Instagram. I didn't really know. And, uh, I had already started a website the website was before Instagram. So we just started putting on there and it took off. 
That's awesome. It's just it seems to be how it goes. Someone usually the the chef or the pit master is kind of not excited to put things on Instagram, but someone who's a little more in touch goes, "No, that'll be really good if you put that on there. You should start mm-hmm. doing it." Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, at what point did you kind of think to yourself, "Hey, this is this could turn into something serious that I should, you know, put a lot of effort into and really just kind of dive into full time to try and make this big?" I I really focused, I, I kind of, I really say that January 2019 is when I actually started because I was on Instagram before that, but I I really wasn't looking to grow. I was just putting stuff out there in space. I had no idea what to do. And then in January in 2019, I just decided, you know what? I'm actually going to try to grow. I was only 200 followers or something, barely any posts. And that's when I just was like, I'll try to grow. I didn't really know if it would turn into a business or what it would do. And I did grow um, pretty quickly. And by growing pretty quickly, I mean, I had like two, 3000 followers in a couple months, um, which is fast for some slow for others. But um, what really transformed a business, I'll never forget, I went to this garage sale and I had donated a bunch of stuff because it was for one of my friends. And they had some grilling planks uh, at the garage sale that the guy who was hosting it just handed me. He's like, Hey, you know what? I'm only going to sell these for a couple bucks. Why don't you just take them and have some fun? I know you like to grill. So I went home, grilled up a bunch of stuff, made a bunch of recipes on the planks. Lo and behold, I posted it and a grilling company reached out, Wildwood Grilling, and they specialize in grilling planks. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> and they reached out and asked me if I want to be a partner with of theirs and start writing recipes for them. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> and about a month later, I got tapped on the shoulder by Omaha Steaks. They wanted me to do kind of a trial recipe for them just to see how things would go. They were launching a new product, Tomahawk Steaks at the time. So we did that and they signed me on as a a paid ambassador. And I suddenly had two partners, one was paid. I'm like, wow, this this could turn into something. Um, That's really kind of how it started. Well, I guess that didn't take you very long to get into the partnership game then, did it? It takes some people like quite quite a while. The, the, The big thing for both companies was the fact that I had a website and that I was writing recipes and not recipes that just grab bottles of rub and sauce. I was writing recipes. And I think that that's a really big key um, because brands really like what they call evergreen content, which is just content that's going to stay out there permanently. YouTube, websites, Pinterest, that kind of stuff. Right. So they're they're looking for more from scratch. Anyone can make it without worrying where they can get certain ingredients from, right? Like if you're overseas, you can't get certain rubs or sauces, but if you can make everything from scratch, the brand is going to be a lot more attracted to that because anyone can do it. Yeah. And some brands, obviously spice brands, that's great if you're writing recipes for for their you know pre-made rubs and stuff like that. But being able to really cook with, you know, your own rubs and your own mixes is just going to make you a better chef and brands recognize that because then they know that you're more adaptable and they can hire you for different projects. Right. And at that point, you're not just using something someone has made and sprinkling it on. You're, you're putting thought and passion into it to develop your own kind of flavor profile on what you're trying to make, right? Which they'd be crazy not to love that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
So you started off quick with those two partnerships. Have you been approached by any after that? Have you turned any down or just had deals come through that, you know, weren't really appealing to you? Can you give me some insight on any of that? Yeah. And, um, I won't name any brands that I turned down, but, um, no need. I definitely since then. Yes. The, the short answer is yes. Of many. And, I think what happened is 2019 is really where I started exploring the idea of even doing partnerships. In 2020, I put both feet in the pool and just took it on. And I did a lot of short projects. It was really when I hit 10,000 is when things really opened up. Um, That crawl to 10,000 is super real, but no joke. As soon as I hit 10,000, I started getting projects left and right. And I took on way too much the second half of 2020, really pushed my own personal limits. I did a lot of one-off projects. I did short-term projects, like over three months, Um, a lot of rush projects during the holidays, learned a lot, Uh, definitely turned things down. And I did take on some new partnerships too. One notably would be Pit Boss. I signed with them last summer and they they wanted me to uh, use one of their new grills and because of COVID there were so many delays. So I was using their griddle um, and getting to know the team and having a lot of fun for a few months before I got it. But um, Pit Boss has been a great, great partnership and many more have come through. Um, so a lot of the companies did kind of a few one-off projects and as those continued to come back around, I just turned it into saying like, Hey, let's, stop doing this. Let's make it a partnership. You know, this makes more sense. You're comfortable with me. I'm comfortable with you, you know, and and you know what to expect from me. And I try to make it really easy. So um, I was able to turn some of those one-off projects into ongoing partnerships too. That's awesome. I've been a pit boss user since I started here and I just, I keep seeing more and more people I follow joining their team and it's great. Yeah. It's really great. So for anyone listening, that's, you know, interested in partnerships or sponsorships or anything like that in your opinion what makes something a an attractive partnership for you and what makes something an unattractive partnership for you unattractive partnerships are pretty easy to recognize Uh, the first one is doing work for free and i still will do some of that absolutely but i it's stuff i'm like really excited about and really excited to try small businesses Absolutely. I try to throw them a bone when I can. At some point you get to a stage where you've got 30 different salsas and barbecue sauces in your pantry though, that you got to pump the brakes because you don't want to saturate your feed with just being an ad. So, you know, for me, I I definitely get picky and figure out where is the best way to share those working for free opportunities through the channels. Aside from that, because that's not something I really focus on and I do get hit up a lot, um, is really finding brands that not only not really focusing on the compensation obviously that's important but are looking for longer term partnerships that give me some creative freedom that think that's a big thing uh, i don't want to be restricted in having to use only certain types of rubs only certain types of dishes it doesn't mean that i like to do whatever i want there's always rules but just having some creative freedom to make sure that it's still my brand Um, and I like brands that actually want to see you grow. So if you have a partnership where all they're asking for is, Hey, can you just post us three times this month? I'm not really interested in that because 
I want it to be symbiotic. If I care about you, I want you to care about me too because, hey, I'm, I'm here to try to grow my business. And not every brand is like that. They don't all care about continuing to be very active in social. They're just looking to hire you for that. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. I think you just need to understand what you're getting into. It's actually a lot of work out there that I don't talk about, that I can't share, where I've created recipes or just done food photography for brands and I give them the media. I never post it. And that happens a lot too because sometimes, you know, it, photography is good money if you can really refine it. Um, it, it can really, it can really be helpful. So it's just kind of finding that balance between how much stuff are you posting on your feed where it's always an ad? You know, are you consistent with the messaging that you're making? You know, the, the goal is as few partnerships as you can for, you know, the maximum impact for you and the business. And hopefully they're helping you grow. A hundred percent. That's, that's all really great advice for anyone interested because it, it sounds obvious, you know, pick someone you like that likes you. But when you get brands showing up, throwing free grills or free money at your face, like it makes you stop and think for a sec. Well, I might not love them, but I can push them three times a month. And you know, that, that gets old pretty fast, even for you and your followers, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I will say I have turned down a lot of grills, <laughs> a lot of grills. And ironically, despite the amount of turned down, I've still got like 11. <laughs> I saw that picture you posted yesterday. You're rearranging your backyard and it's just, you can't even see the grills. There's so many tags on the photo. So <laughs> I know, I know. Well, when we get the backyard set up, I'll be able to spread it out and have a better experience. But for me, like, you know, I, all of the grills have a purpose. It's not just because I think that they're fun. It's, you know, how, what kind of content am I going to create with this grill? You know, I've got a Heston Aspire, which is my propane grill. I don't have another propane grill. I only need one. So I've got a few different live fire and charcoal grills because they all do different things and in different mm -hmm. ways. And I've got one lump charcoal smoker. That's all I really need. I don't have an offset right now. I've got two or three pellet smokers, and that's mostly because I just haven't sold one. <laughs> I'm kind of keeping it in case uh, we do big, big planning and meals. It's always just nice to have uh, an extra smoker for that. But um, absolutely, yeah. I've, you know, they all serve their own purpose, thankfully, um, and many of them are for my partners. So um, it's easy to be able to pull it out and just have a different kind of a meal. That's awesome. Yeah. Versatility is key when it comes to things like this. It's good to hone in on, you know, something that you do consistently, but to be versatile within your niche is very important. So Chili's and Smoke is not your full-time gig. You're doing something else full-time and Chili's and Smoke is kind of the aggressive side hustle at the moment. <laughs> How do you, you know, continue to keep your energy up to crank out these amazing recipes and also take such good photography and video and content of it all, all while doing a fine dining meets barbecue approach? How are you juggling all that, plus a family, plus some kids and a new <laughs> house? Like, how crazy are you going right now? I get up early. That's the biggest key. You know, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. And people say that they don't have time to do this. It's all about the time you prioritize. We all have the time. But if you don't want to get up in the morning, that's your choice. I do. I get up at four 
and generally work on chilies and smoke stuff for about two hours in the morning before I sign on to my day job. Thankfully, I work at home now, so that's been really helpful because when I take breaks, I can go in the other room and marinate something or whip up something or test out something really quick, put something on the smoker, come back and do my job. I know what the timing's going to be. You know, having enough experience cooking, I know that I can, you know, cook wings in a short amount of time. Or if I'm doing a brisket, I just know I can put it on as soon as I get up or the night before. So I know where things are going to lay. And the more you practice, the more you can just figure out the timing. It's just about being organized, you know. Like I know right now what my goals are to cook for this week because I have a lot of things that I want to do, you know, for the month of October. So I have four or five things I want to cook and write out, I'll probably do three because <laughs> I have ones that are priority. And you just, for me, I just don't put a lot of pressure on myself because my family is the most important. I try to do my best at the end of the day when work's done to close the laptop, hang out with the kids, you know, because you want to make sure that you're spending time with the family and prioritizing. When they're going to bed, I might be writing <laughs> or researching or watching some food TV or whatever that might be to to kind of inspire me and so forth. It's a, it's a juggle, but it's all about just trying to stay organized. A hundred percent. That's awesome. You know, if you're truly enjoying what you're doing, it's not going to wear on you quite as much as if you really just don't enjoy it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do want to transition to this full time. Thankfully, my day job knows that and they're just really excited for that moment when I'm able to do that. But you know, knowing that I've got the support from my family, even my work to make that transition, it's it's been really exciting because I think trying to make a, a job transition like that, going from a job because I'm in finance to going to cooking full time is a big deal, especially when you're the breadwinner. It's uh, it's a lot of risk. <laughs> so I take it really seriously. That's good. That kind of tees up one of my next questions was going to be where, where is Chili's and Smoke going? What do you want to see it blossom into? Where do you want it to be? And what entity do you want it to take on? That is a tough question. I know my shorter term is I'm really trying to fill in the blanks from a lot of stuff that I don't have on my website. When I started off, I mean, I was making crazy foods that nobody would ever search for. I've got a Milanese sandwich on there seasoned with uh, Szechuan peppercorns. It's more of like a Nashville hot Szechuan Milanese. Nobody's going to search that. Um, <laughs> I dehydrated kimchi and made a rub and smoked ribs and wrote out the whole process. Nobody's going to search that. <laughs> so I need to go back and, and edit some of those recipes and update them to make them a little bit more relevant. And I'm also trying to fill in the blanks because I can't tell you how many times people will come to me and say, hey, do you have a guide on how to grill chicken breasts? Or do you have tips on how to spatchcock chicken? I don't. So that's what my shorter term goal is to go back, make sure I've got those master recipes. That way I can kind of start there and then expand on that with new flavors, new combinations, and then refer back to those master recipes. That's really my short term goal for the website, the content. So, yeah, you want to turn your website into essentially a cookbook, right? Where you refer back to the main recipes for your more complicated ones? Yeah, I think it's going to make a lot more sense because if people ask me, you know, how do you spatchcock a chicken? I've got a Korean fire chicken on my 
website that I can point them to, but it's the whole article talks more about the flavors and anything than nuances of the process. So mm-hmm. I kind of consider myself more along the Alton Brown nerdy side of barbecue on looking at the different flavor combinations and techniques. So I want to make sure that when people go to my website, they can, you know, stay there and, and use those resources there. It's just kind of the same theory as any seasoning company out there. You can make all your barbecue rubs you, you want, but you need to have salt, pepper, garlic on your uh, roster because somebody's going to buy that. And if you don't have it there, they're going to buy it from somebody else. So it's the same theory with the website. You got to have some core recipes and show some basics. I'm not trying to be the one-stop shop for everybody, but I definitely want to make sure that I can educate people more. Yeah, 100%. And that's a large part of it too, right? People love what you do that's different, but they need to be able to know how to do the basic stuff when they're starting out. And everyone's starting out at some point. You know, for us, spatchcocking a chicken is just second nature. You just grab the shears, cut out the back, and break the bone. It's fine. But for someone who hasn't done that or is a little intimidated, it's a step-by-step guide seems silly to us, but to them, it's what's going to push them over the edge to actually make that dish. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, what I've learned, really good tip for everybody out there, is that people come to me for those kind of situations because those specific people find some level of trust and credibility in what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to say that I'm a trustworthy person. I hope so. But my (laughs) advice is, is become trustworthy because people, including yourself, you guys can go to any website and find that same info. But if you're asking me, there's something different, something that we've had as a connection Even if I've never spoken to you, we've still had that connection and you're coming to me for some answers. So I want to be able to provide that. So my advice for everybody out there is become that trusting, confident person that can give real advice. And to be able to give that real advice, you got to step out of just making recipes with pre-made rubs, pre-made sauces, and, and using the same techniques over and over. You need to be an authority. On, on the subject that inspires you the most. That's such a good piece of advice. And I hope everyone rewinds the episode about 45 seconds and just listens to that one more time. Make sure you know what you're talking about with what you're passionate about and own it. Some people might not like it and you probably don't have to talk to those people. And if you do, you can probably block them. One of my questions for you as someone who creates all their own recipes pretty well from scratch and you go a little outside the box such as pumpkin spice wings uh how do you how do you deal with the people who just think you're being ridiculous the haters if you will you know i had to build up some pretty thick skin uh i think i i have done that and i'm still working on it i post a lot in reddit uh because they are brutal (laughs) and I've, i've learned to take the punches from people like that um but you got to be honest with you, you just have to be confident in what you're doing. You know, with the pumpkin spice, people can roll their eyes and say, no, heck no. At the end of the day, they haven't tried it and they're not taking the time to try to understand why. You know, like the pumpkin spice, those spices are so common in Moroccan cooking and Mexican cooking and Indian food. You know, I was actually inspired by street food from um, Nigeria in a completely different dish when I started messing around with pumpkin spice. Um, And I really just swapped out the chilies and used chipotle 
and looking at those individual components. That's kind of when you're looking at somebody's global flavor profile, you look and see what are those components in there, spicy, savory, aromatic, herbal, and how can you swap those from another part of the country? Can you do this whole recipe, but instead of using these Korean green chilies, can I use jalapenos? And being able to just start small and make those little tweaks so that it's still balanced and shows respect to the original cuisine. I I think that that's a, a big thing, but loop it back, confidence about your decision and not egotistical, just have a story, be able to share that, that way people can relate. And I think that that's the biggest key. You know, pumpkin spice wings, I get a lot of heat every year. I've been posting it. This is my third year in a row. And, you know, what you have to understand is the root of why people are upset. It's the marketing stuff. They don't, everybody has deep seated hate for, for pumpkin spice pumpkins, uh, lattes and everything else. Um, And if you can get past the root of why they're actually upset, they're going to look at the wings and say, they sound pretty dang good. A hundred percent. And to kind of reinforce that confidence thing is, don't be afraid to screw up and show people that either. If you make something and it's just awful, post it and say, hey, don't do this. Trust me, it was not good, but here's what I would do to fix it. And that helps build your credibility and authority as well because people know, you know you're know, you not perfect. You're trying things out. You're experimenting and some of it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, usually with my recipe development, like a couple weeks ago, I posted a fried chicken sandwich with this bourbon glaze. And I've been trying to hone in on this bourbon glaze sauce and it's really good. And everybody asked me for the recipe when I posted the sandwich about it, but I'm not ready. <laughs> I fully admitted it's, it's not ready to go. It's too runny or it's a little off here. It's my third revision. Um, but I'll tease people, show them like, you know, that, that Hey, this is what I'm working on, but I don't have a recipe yet. I think that that's fun too. Cause I can't pump out and master recipes first try every time. Recipes that I make, if I do pump it out first try, it's because it's obvious I've already made the sauce a million times before. I know it's going to work on pork or chicken, whatever. But most of the times I'm making it a lot and screwing up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what you have to do in order to advance yourself and get better and learn what you can and can't do and what you need to improve on. So with, with all your focus on recipes, is, is a cookbook something we can expect in the future? Is that one of your big goals to tackle? It is. I'm writing one right now, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not at a stage where I can announce when it's coming out or the topic, but I am writing one out. It's going to be focused on technique, largely around flavor. And my goal for the book is to have it be progressive to where somebody that's newer to this topic that I'm going to talk about, they could open it up, master a bunch of very familiar flavor profiles, maybe with some new ways that they haven't thought about. And as they progress through the book, the recipes are going to get harder and crazier. That way, somebody that's a little bit more advanced, maybe they'll pick up something on some of the basics, but they'll be excited because there's going to be stuff to progress to. And I really have always wanted to write a book that shows that kind of progression from really basic to just crazy. 
That's really exciting, Brad. Congrats on that. And I can't wait to see that come out. (laughs) Thanks. Make sure to add that to the Amazon cart whenever it's ready. (laughs) I know you have some more things to get to today, so I'll wrap this up here in a second. But for all the influencers out there that want to grow their followings and eventually turn this into a full-time just any advice that you can offer them on how they can do things a little better and what kind of mistakes do you see people making that just don't really need to be made on this kind of thing? Like how, how can they grow better and build better relationships without making so many mistakes on the way up there? Biggest thing is focus. Yeah. Focus is the biggest thing. What I mean by that is, you know, when you're posting five different cutting boards, 10 different barbecue sauces, three different knives, there's no focus. It's like, well, what am I supposed to buy? Um, And if you're with the knife company and you're talking about them for two months and then two months later, you talk about a different one, it doesn't show brand loyalty. So look at all the different categories, charcoal, you know, charcoal grills, propane grills, pellet grills, spices, cutting boards, knives, napkins, gloves. I mean, everything. Look at all of those categories and pick maybe your top two or three brands that are in every one of those categories and see how many of those that you fill in. And if you don't have a brand, get to know a brand in those areas and really target them and tell them, reach out to them and say, I don't have a partner with charcoal. I really want to see what we can do. My goal is to have this, whatever that goal is for you, and, and tell them, you know, is that something down the road that you're ever open to um, and really help yourself fill up that roster? Because once you start to get to that point, you know, you'll you'll be at a point where you've got charcoal companies sending you charcoal, your grill companies posting your stuff, your spice companies sending you spices, your meat companies sending you meat, and all of a sudden, you have everything that you need to get it done. And now you can be consistent with those different brands. That way you're not talking about five different brands at the same time. You know, I think that that's a really big key. I definitely bleed into a couple with some of those categories, such as like spices or skillets. I don't have contracts with those companies. I'm just really passionate about it. But the other reason why I talk about a few of those companies is because they're very different. So if you're going to talk about multiple companies in the same wheelhouse, it helps if they're very different. Like I talk about, you know, Stargazer and Field Company and Finex as examples for skillets. They're extremely different, different features, way different price points. So I feel like when I'm talking about that, you're adding value for those different areas. And I think that's really big key because if you're going to talk about the same barbecue rubs for 20 different companies. I don't know what I should buy. (laughs) So I think just figuring out what you want, writing that out in all those categories and seeing how you can fill in the gaps. That'll help you at least get started so that you can focus on moving forward and not just spitballing everything that comes your way. That is some great advice. Like focus is, I mean, probably in all facets of life, focus is going to be what gets you where you need to be is if you can focus on something and really hone in on it, that's, that's going to take you farther than trying to spread yourself too thin across so many different aspects. I think that's just about it for our time today. I know you have plenty of things to do and you got a job to go to here <laughs> shortly. I think I'm taking you out of that. 
Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this morning and you know unleashing some of your secrets and what you plan to do in the future. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Where can all of our listeners find all things Chilies and Smoke? <laughs> I'd say go to uh, on Instagram. It's Chilies and Smoke, C-H-I-L-E-S for Chilies. Um, the website, chiliesandsmoke.com, those are probably the two main sources. I'm pretty active. Uh, you can DM me. I'll do my best to help you out. And, you know, Jordan, congrats on launching this podcast. I think it's really cool. I'm very excited to see where it goes and appreciate you considering having me as being one of the guests on here. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've had my eye on you for a while and just the way you kind of conduct yourself on your page and like the photos you put out are phenomenal looking and it was just, it was a no brainer for me. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Well, take care and have a wonderful day, man. You too, man. Appreciate it. That's it for my chat with Brad Pros. He was such a pleasure to chat with and was really able to unpack some important information for us. What really stood out to me was how he spoke about gaining confidence in yourself and your cooking. If you're confident in you, it's going to make it so much easier to come across authentic in your posts and in your meals and not feel like you're trying to force something or get yourself out there just because you have to. As he mentioned, it also helps with shrugging off some of the haters in your comments or people that don't really enjoy what you're doing. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if some people don't like what they see. As long as you're happy with what you put out, and again, if you're confident with what you're putting out, that's all that really matters. Please go give Brad a follow at Chilies and Smoke, C-H-I-L-E-S for Chilies, and check out his website for a bunch of really amazing recipes, chiliesandsmoke.com. That will do it for this episode of Influential Barbecue. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can find everything we talked about today on the show notes page at influentialbarbecue.com, episode 004. I'm always looking for your feedback on this show. I'm just sitting here by myself, chatting away, having interviews. So any feedback you can give me will help me improve this show and bring you better episodes in the future. Please shoot me an email at podcast at influentialbarbecue.com or send a DM to Influential Barbecue on Instagram. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with those that you think would enjoy it and benefit from it as well. And happy holidays. Christmas is coming up for those of you who observe that. Happy holidays to everyone. Please stay safe. See your families. Go see your loved ones. We'll be back between Christmas and New Year's for an episode with Grilling with Dad. And then before you know it, it's going to be 2022. I'm Jordan Moore. You can follow my barbecue adventures on Instagram at The Backyard Brisket. Thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Keep on grilling.